I remember it was raining. I had just pulled up to the house. It was a little after midnight. Just taking a red eye back from the West Coast at a business meeting for a week. And the house was unusually quiet. I could sense that, which was abnormal because I have three children. And when I walked in, the house was empty. And I remember looking around, looking for the kids, looking for my wife, wondering where everyone was. And 5,100 square feet's a lot of house to search when you're looking for someone. And nobody was there. And I remember thinking, where are my wife and kids? And end up calling the police to see if they were like at a hospital or on the side of a road in a ditch in an accident. And about that time, the sheriff's department arrived. And he gave me some pieces of paper that I didn't really understand what he was talking about. And that's how I got served. And I remember sitting on my front porch or on my front steps, just kind of sitting there dazed, looking at him. And he pointed at the books in my office and he said, you're a lawyer, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you're getting a divorce. And that's how I found out I was getting a divorce. And from that point on, I jokingly always say, that was the top of the roller coaster. From that point on, it went downhill. And you learn a lot about yourself when you're sitting in a house all by yourself. You think about the things you've done, the things you've tried to do and provide, and then somewhere in the darkness you find your character and you fight. And years later, I'm happy to say I raised my kids in that house after getting custody of them. And now they're in college doing well. And so I think back sometimes when it rains on that night and the old song that uh, they used to sing in church, the Lord brought you a mighty long way. I got lucky and I've been blessed. And so when you think about the challenges of my life, that was one of those defining challenges that uh, if you're lucky, you find your character and you just move forward. I remember sitting in my office down on Pennsylvania Avenue. I had just started my company maybe five months earlier, six months earlier. And I noticed that the phones had stopped ringing. Like, not just my phone, all the phones. And it took a, about 90 minutes, maybe a couple hours, to realize there was no activity. And I called a friend and I said, hey, I think something's wrong with my phones. Can you call me back? And, you know, just so I can check the ringer in the line. And he, he did that, and the phone rang. And he says, hey, have you looked at the news? And I said, no. I said, what's going on? He says, the entire market's crashed. Lehman Brothers has gone out of business. And for someone who helps people buy companies, do mergers, that day, all business stopped. Not only at my firm that I had just started six months earlier, 
but at the law firms and the accounting firms. So as a young entrepreneur, uh, we were in the middle of a quandary. And I remember the month after month just burning cash in pursuit of just keeping the companies alive. And on my desk, I have this little piggy bank that says capitalist pig on it. And I remember the day that I looked at it and said, I may have to crack that to get gas to go sign this contract. And fortunately, I didn't have to crack it. But we went and signed the contract. And through the lean times, we kept the companies going. And at that time, I think I had two or three companies at the time. And on a wing and a prayer and some rubber bands and some tape, we somehow kept that thing going through 2007, six, seven, eight. And now we're doing great. And a lot of times when I teach the course, teach the course on startups at the law school I teach at, I tell the kids that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to go through the fire, you got to go through the dark. And oftentimes you got to go by yourself. And I got lucky, there were some really good guys and ladies around me that were also starting their companies. And we huddled together like the penguins on the North Pole when the wind howled. And we made it through the greatest recession in a hundred years and came out on the other side. <laughs>
I doubled down on betting on myself and the dream and the vision that I had. And that was, there are a lot of people that would have said that was a bad bet if they were sitting next to me that day, including my friend who kind of shook his head in a well-meaning way and was like, you sure you want to do this? And I said, absolutely. If I'm not sure about anything else, I'm sure about that. And my neighbor, who's an atheist, as I was walking out, walking to, he said, hey, let me ask you a quick question. He goes, you still believe in all that God stuff? And in a moment, I said, absolutely. It cheered me up. And he said, why? Because he knew all the background of all the stories. And I said, because I've seen the hand of the devil. I'm absolutely certain. And one of the happiest moments in that entire year was when he asked me, do I still believe in God? Because he was certain there was none. And his lack of certainty fueled my certainty that there was. And we made it through. I don't know how, if you ask me to go back and reconstruct it, and I'm a forensic financial analyst, I couldn't do it, but we made it through. Thank you so much for watching the making of an entrepreneur docuseries. I just want to take a moment to talk to you. That, that's right, you that's watching right now. Um, you the mom, or maybe you're the dad, or, or maybe you're, you're an entrepreneur, or perhaps you're an auntie or uncle, but you're someone out there that, that has a heart to give, uh, you have a heart to serve, and as you're watching this making of an entrepreneur docuseries, you may be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've had some, some life lessons, I've, I've had some setbacks, I've had some experiences, I've gone through some things that have helped me become a better person, and, and I wanna take that and I wanna release that to other folks. Okay. Maybe you're a speaker and you're already doing it. Maybe you've written books and you've already done that. Or maybe the story that's inside of you, the expertise that's inside of you, the message inside of you, this is the right platform for you to make a bigger difference and a bigger impact in the world. Now, this whole making of an entrepreneur docuseries, um, if you had to sum it up in, in just one word, and it's kind of hard to do that, but as I'm talking to you and you're listening right now, you might be saying, Shay, what's the one word? And the one word I would say is just legacy legacy. Um, there's a legacy I understand that you want to leave for your family, and I get that, but there's also a legacy of your knowledge. There's a legacy of your expertise, and think about this. You're able to share your message or share your story or share your expertise, and, and long after you're gone, they still have a window into the soul of who you are and the impact that that leaves behind. If that's you and you someone that's gonna get the information, you're, you're someone that's ready to do something bigger than just your business and bigger than just making more money, but you wanna have more meaning in the world, uh, do me a favor. Go over to www.themakingofanentrepreneurdocuseries.com. I know that's a long email, a long address, but I want you to hear it again one more time. Themakingofanentrepreneur.com. Now, when you get there, just put your first name and your last name and your phone number and information in there Worst case scenario, you have a meeting with the team and decide, hey, me being a cast member, this isn't a good fit, but I had a lot of fun. Best case scenario, you decide to take a step. Folks understand your backstory, uh, understand what you've been through, and uh, the world is much better off um, while you're here. And when the day comes and you decide to transition and, and move on, it's still doing very, very well. So with that being said, this one, pop in. Thanks a lot for watching the Making of an Entrepreneur series. Uh, my name is Shay Brown. I want to encourage you to continue to watch 
and um, I'll see you at the next episode. God bless. It was summertime, and my dad came in early in the morning, and he said, put your church clothes on, boy, and meet me downstairs. And I didn't know why I was putting my church clothes on, because it wasn't Sunday. And so when I came downstairs and we got in the car, I said, where are we going? He said, you'll see. And we drove over to his building and we walked into one of his offices and he said, sit right there, boy, and don't say anything. See if you learn something. And these men came in in suits and they began discussing business. He was having a business meeting and at the end of the business meeting, I sat there just quietly watching it, uh, not really understanding what they were talking about, but just sitting quietly. And afterwards, my dad got up, he shook hands with the various gentlemen, and then they left, and he looked at me and said, what did you learn? And I looked at him and I said, I, I, I don't know what y'all are talking about, Dad. I, I'm four and a half years old. He said, never say that again. He said, what did you learn? What did you see? And I said, I don't know, everybody was wearing a suit and a tie? He goes, what's that tell you? I go, when I grow up, I wanna wear a suit and a tie when I go to work? He said, good, 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 let's go get some ice cream. And from that point forward, he just started taking me to these business meetings. I'm one of five kids, I still to this day don't know why he picked me. And we'd go to these business meetings and I would sit there and I would just listen, and I would watch what they were doing, and I would give them my impressions afterwards, and we'd go get ice cream. And that's how I became interested in business. That's why I am where I am today. I was 21 years old, just graduated from Hampton University with a degree in finance and accounting, and I'd gotten my first job. I called my father. I'd been interviewing and I'd gotten actually the most job offers of anyone that year. Nine job offers. And I, there was one I was waiting for at Johnson & Johnson in the finance department. And I called my dad and I said, hey dad, I got that job at J&J &J in the finance department. And he said, you got a what? And I said, hey, I got that job with J&J &J in the finance department. He said, you got a what? And I repeated it, just started saying it louder. And I said, hey, Dad, I think something's wrong with your phone or our connection. He goes, there's nothing wrong with my phone or connection. There's something wrong with my son. And he hung the phone up. And so I waited a few minutes. My fr our friends call my father the Zen master because he always has this wisdom in a very small package. And I called back, and my mother answered the phone, and she said, Jason, your father's trying to teach you something, so why don't you think about you know, what you're saying. And so she put my father back on the phone. I said, Dad, did you, you don't like J&J &J or the job? He goes, no, it's a great job. He goes, we don't have jobs. He goes, you never work for anyone else. You only work for yourself. He goes, you got a billion dollar client at 21 years old. That's how you have to treat it. No matter whether you're working for someone else, you always work for yourself and you have to treat it that way. And then he said, 
Now go out and get a second billion dollar client. And he hung the phone up on me again. And from that I learned, you can never rely on one stream of income, you can never rely on one client, and you always work for yourself, regardless. So it's hard to imagine this today, but in 1995, I was in law school at the University of Florida, and I knew I didn't want to become a lawyer. I just wanted to use the tool along with my finance and accounting background to uh, go into looking at buying businesses, acquiring businesses. And so I went over to the business school at the University of Florida just to see what internships and things they had, you know, jobs they had there. And I noticed that there was this company that was in a then little known industry called Venture Capital. And they had posted a job where they were hiring MBA students and PhDs in accounting and, and mathematics. And so I applied for the job. And they also had a full scholarship that went with it, but I was already on scholarship. And they called and said, hey, this job is for business people. And I had worked four or five years before going back to school. And I said, well, you guys are gonna need a lawyer or a law student, a law clerk to help you do legal research for all the things you're investing in, patents and different things like that. And they said, oh yeah, you're right. And that's, that, that was, seemed new to them at the time. And so uh, they offered me the job. I was the first law student, law clerk they had ever hired. And I had to go get an exception from the dean of the law school in order to work because the only way you could work and go to school full time is if you needed the money. And since I had a scholarship, I didn't need the money. And the then dean said, what is venture capital? So this is 1995. The dean of a major law school didn't know what venture capital was because nobody knew what it was because it wasn't out in the public like it was today. And I explained it to him and he looked at me and said, you would give up law for that? And so I said, well, I have a finance and a you know, business background. I, I'm gonna give it a shot. And he goes, you could be a partner at a law firm. I see your grades here. He goes, well, you can always come back if it doesn't work out. And so I started in this little known industry called venture capital. And I would take in the business plans and I would read, I probably read a thousand business plans while I lived there and I would make recommendations on which we should invest in. And I would organize these things that we called investor breakfast, which now everyone calls shark tanks. We had nicknamed it shark tanks and they would be at country clubs and business clubs. And it was my job to set all those up. And now 30 years later, I see it on TV every week. But back then, nobody knew what I was doing. And when I tried to explain it, nobody understood it. 30 years later, 25 years later, I'm sitting at a university alumni, University of Florida Law School alumni uh, dinner or reception here in DC. And I'm the only ones dressed in a jeans and a polo shirt. Everyone else is in a suit and I think they were gonna kick me out uh, but I saw my name on a tag, said, no, that's me right there. And I happened to walk in and the kid who happened to be sitting next to me happened to be working for a large law firm uh, that did, dealt with venture capital. And so we were talking about that. And the then dean or the current dean of the law school came over, asked me what I did and I told her and she said, I need you to come down and teach the course on that at the law school. And so prior to COVID for the last five years, I taught the first 
business startup course at the University of Florida's law school on how to start the business from a real practical sense. And it's been really fun doing that. And it's been a great journey to see how all this developed. It's a great day. My name is Shay Brown. I just want to speak to you, the speaker, or maybe not even a speaker, right? Maybe you're not a speaker, but you have a message inside of you that you want to release, or maybe you have a story, right? A story of your life, a story in your career, or, or maybe, maybe as you're listening right now, you're an expert, right? You're, you're, you're an expert at teaching people how to do something. You're expert at raising kids. And I want you to imagine for a moment that you had an opportunity to share your message or your story on a bigger stage. And I'm gonna talk about that in a moment and what that would mean for you if you could reach your target audience, if you're an entrepreneur, if that target audience got associated to the problem that you solve, or if you're a super entrepreneur with sales funnels out there, not only did they get associated to who you were, but they were able to join your list. Now for other folks, that won't make no sense at all. But for you, the entrepreneur, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I wanna invite you over to something called the Comeback Champion Summit. And, and the whole purpose of the Comeback Champion Summit is really to do one thing, which is one word, and that is possibilities. That's right, when, when you get a chance to get on stage, uh, you get a chance to do it virtually, and some of you maybe in person, and you get a chance to share your story. So something deep, deep inside of you, I always say your message, because some of you have a message or your expertise, then guess what happens? Three things happen. Number one, you get to make a difference. And isn't that why you are on this earth? I mean, I don't wanna get emotional here, but you're really on this earth to make a difference for someone else. Something has happened to you so it can go through you to someone else. And being able to speak on a, on a, on a platform that provides an audience, it's like, a, like having a microphone that allows you to help more people faster. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, when you're on a, a platform, I'm gonna invite you to the Comeback Champion Summit, you get a chance to have more meaning in the world, to have more impact and to have more influence. And that's really who we're looking for. We're looking for folks out there who have an interest, want or desire of serving others. So if that's you, that's you, I'm gonna invite you to go over to www.comebackchampionsummit.com. Again, comebackchampionsummit.com. Click the button, it'll say apply to speak. Go through the process. And if it's a good fit, can't wait to share your story over at the Comeback Champion Summit or any one of our platforms that serves other folks. With that being said, um, my name, by the way, is Shay Brown, the Happy Entrepreneur. Make it a great day, everyone, and um, we'll make some good things out. We connect again real soon. See you out. What I would tell my 21-year-old self, lean into your gift, young man. Lean into your gift. For so many years, I was trying to figure out how to make what was in the outside world match what was in my head. One of my gifts is I'm able to process data at a hyper speed along multiple fronts. And uh, it's, it was a gift that often got me in trouble because I was curious. And I was just curious and asking a million questions. My mother would always say, you're always asking a million questions. And there was a period where I thought that was a bad thing. So I would just sit quietly and observe and process all this data that was going on around me. But what it allowed me to do was see, or what I used to, what I nicknamed seeing around the corner and predicting what was going to happen. 
And so in a football game or basketball game, I could kind of see what was going to happen. But more importantly, in business, I could predict what all the different outcomes were going to be along different planes, whether it's finance, uh, law, accounting, operations, marketing, et cetera. And that was my gift. And it took a mentor one day telling me that what you have is unique to you, Jason. Nobody else sees the world that way. That's your strength. That's your gift. But I had spent so many years just trying to figure out how do I assimilate this gift, this super cray computer, into the mainstream. And once I started my own companies, uh, once I you know, had the kids at a certain, I just said, you know what? I'm going to do me. This is my gift. This is what God gave me. And I used to tell the kids when they were little that God has, a, God's planted a seed in everything he put down here. And he has a plan for everyone. And so what I would tell my 21-year-old self is lean into your gift. Listen to God's voice. Work your plan. And don't change for nobody. <laughs>
we got to get someone over here to clean this up. And he says, oh, I already called, I already got someone. And he looked at me and I was like, no, dad, come on, no. And as I'm sitting at the top of the steps looking down the basement while there's sewer just running freely, he says, you want to own it one day? It starts right there. He goes, I'll see you in an hour or two. Make sure you hose yourself off when you're done. And I went down the steps, and my first two jobs with my father were cleaning toilets and shoveling crap, uh, and not in that order. But here's what I learned. You learn a lot when you're down at the very bottom of any enterprise. You learn how things operate. You learn what's important. You learn what the problems are. You learn about ownership. And the one thing that I wouldn't take away from any of those experiences is what I learned about ownership. If you approach every single opportunity and every single problem as if you own it and you make decisions like you own the enterprise, it'll change not only your trajectory, your business, uh, but your career. And I've been fortunate to walk away from a number of experiences uh, understanding that and being able to utilize that wisdom. So why do our clients hire us? Why do people bring us into the deal? You know, business, today's business is a lot like gumbo down in New Orleans. There's a lot of different ingredients, but it's all mixed together. And so if you look at expertise, and I just had a law degree, I was just a lawyer, and I could only talk about the documents. And if I just had a finance degree, I could only do projections, but I couldn't look at the agreements. And if I just had an accounting degree, I could only go backwards and look at what the finances used to be, but not be able to project as well forward. And if I didn't have sales experience and understand what it's like to be the number one salesperson at a major Fortune 100 company and win every award, then I wouldn't understand how important sales is. And there's a whole list of multidisciplinary skill sets that we bring to the table, which allows us to bring one person or two people to the problem versus a whole room full of people. And so what they really hire us for is to amplify their results, their desired results, and get them the results. We don't get paid for problems. We get paid for figuring out the solutions. We get paid for amplifying. We get paid for expanding. And one of my particular gifts over the years is to be able to derive multiple and additional revenue streams from the same set of assets. And thus far, people have found that to be valuable. And so I've always tell people, if you don't make three to four times more money off of us being involved, then this was a bad deal for both of us. Because my, I've never been on the expense side of the ledger. I've always been on the revenue producing side. And so thus far, you know, one of the key components of every company that we deal with, every deal we walk into is they want growth. And they want it in an efficient manner and they want it in a unique way that satisfies their long-term goals. And that's what, we're, that's what we're good at. That's what I'm good at. That's my particular gift. And so if this is something that you or your company needs, we'd love to work with you.
Today's been a great day. What have I enjoyed most about it? Uh, the professionalism. When I first walked in, uh, you know, I'm not sure what shows up on the camera, but a truly impressive facility. Every person that I've had the pleasure of dealing with with the making of the Entrepreneur docuseries has been an expert in their own light. Uh, from the conversations just with uh, the lighting person who we joked about, how are we going to frame my big bald head and make sure that it doesn't have uh, you know, too much light on it, to the coloring and the background schemes. It's just been a truly enjoyable and professional experience. And one of the best parts about it is how they're able to coach you into bringing out your story. And so uh, I've had fun just watching all the different you know, equipment, all the different people. Uh, this, the crew is, is, has an amazing personalities, each and every one of them that I've dealt with. And they even have a little green room area where they have snacks, uh, all different types of snacks, fruits, and candies. So for someone with a sweet tooth like me, that's been great. Um, it's been a really enjoyable experience. I recommend that uh, you take the time to enjoy the journey on this one because you're going to be really impressed when you come in. It's a great day. My name is Shay Brown, and um, I just want to talk to all my entrepreneurs out there. And if that's you, like you, the entrepreneur, you, the business owner, you, the speaker, you, the coach, you, the author, you, the network marketer, you, the person that just want to do more good in the world by solving a problem and you want to be paid. Right. And so think about right now, if you had more high qualified paying clients that was like banging at your door, how would your life be different? Um, when there's more revenue coming in and you're able to hire more people and you're able to make a bigger difference. What would that look like? Or, or number two, maybe there's folks that are coming in right now and they're knocking at your door, boom, 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 boom. But the only challenge you have is you're listening. Listen very closely, because this might be you, so listen very carefully. They're not converting fast enough, which means they're talking, they like you, there's conversation going on, but they're not converting. So there's two challenges, right? Number one, I need to attract my ideal clients who can pay me. And number two, once they get in here, I need to have a system, a sales model or a process so they convert faster. That means they pay you and then they come back. And if you're listening right now, you're saying, Shay, I wanna be able to do that, but I don't want my labor involved. I don't wanna work any harder. Shay, I'm, I'm at a place right now where I'm ready to reach more people. Um, I'm on a mission, Shay. And I want you to listen very carefully. You were called to serve a group of folks out there and you can't serve them right now because you don't have the revenue to purchase the resources that are necessary to execute that big vision. If that's you, as you're listening, any of that resonates with you, I'm going to give you a website, which is Easy Sales Hub. Again, EasySalesHub.com. Let me just spell it. I know you can see it below, but it's E-A-S-Y Sales, S-A-L-E-S, Hub.com. Now, the reason you want to go over to Easy saleshub.com is that that's the place you can come to and you can do two things. One, we'll do a sales audit. So we'll take a look at your sales process, your sales funnels, and we'll see how those are converting. Number two, you can have the tools and resources you need to be able to generate more revenue with less effort so you can serve more folks. So with that being said, as you're watching, go over to www.easysaleshub.com. My name is Shay Brown. Make it a great day, everyone, and um, we'll make some good things out. We connect again next time. God bless.